0: Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of Locked On Blazers. It's free agency eve. I recorded this podcast already. But before I uploaded it, we had some breaking news to discuss that will change some of the stuff that you just heard on, that you will hear, excuse me, on this edition of Locked On Blazers, where I broke down the biggest free agency stories that are going to affect the Blazers, as well as some potential targets of players that they could go after with the taxpayer mid-level exception. However... Right before I uploaded this podcast, or right after I uploaded, excuse me, we had some breaking news. Jason Quick of the of Comcast SportsNet reporting that the Blazers will decline their option on Festus Azili. The deadline for Portland to pick up that option is tonight at 9 p.m. The July 1st deadline of free agency. So uh, we weren't clear exactly on when that guarantee date was now we do know. So if Portland is going to use his contract in a trade, as I do mention on this podcast, it will have to be before the 9 PM deadline tonight before July one hits over on the East coast. So Festus Ezeli likely not to be part of any trades beyond 9 PM tonight, or will not be part of any trades beyond 9 PM tonight. So uh, forget that. Festus Ezeli's option will not be picked up, which is not a surprise, uh, but he, because of that, he's not going to be able to be using any trains, trades after free agency begins. So, Festus Ezeli expected to be not picked up tonight by the Blazers, and unless something wild happens before July 1... Uh, probably also not going to be part of any trades. So, uh, with that news update, uh, I hope you enjoy this free agency, pre-free agency edition of the Lockdown Blazers podcast. I break down all of the biggest stories that are going to affect the Blazers and their standing in the Western Conference, as well as the players that they could target and other potential moves that they could make in the free agency period. Hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to a June 30th free agency eve edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I am your host Eric Garcia Gunderson, a writer at many places these days, Associated Press, Real GM, former Blazer beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian. Welcome back to Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're looking for a sales manager to join the Locked On Podcast Network. And if that interests you, send an email to LockedOnPodcasts at gmail.com. If you're interested in the sales manager position with the Locked On Podcast Network, join the fastest growing sports network. Email LockedOnPodcasts at gmail.com. You guys know what it is. We have not been back since Monday where we had a great post mortem of the NBA draft with Mike Weisenberg from NBA our draft expert, breaking down Portland's picks, giving a little bit more information, maybe a little bit more insight on those two guys and, and how and how they can project at the next level. We we talked about those picks on draft night, and mostly I think we talked about them in terms of the positions that they play and how that fit works, and and what other positions Portland did not address. But Weisenberg really brought a lot of great insight into what they bring as basketball players to the team, what they bring as 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 young men to the Blazers, and. I thought it was really insightful, and we also talked about the rest of the NBA draft, uh, and which teams had a good had a good night, and which teams Weisenberg didn't like uh, the Kings being one of them, which is kind of funny because the Blazers and Kings executed the trade to get Zach Collins, and I think my initial reaction was, "Oh, I don't know," but you know, it appears that Zach Collins it was in a tier above those other big men, and that's what the Blazers thought, and that's what. Uh, a lot of evaluators thought, including Weisenberg. So uh, that was a lot of fun to, to have Vise on the show. But the draft is now in the past. And as I wrote for Real GM, I think Portland's biggest moves are done. I think, I think the trade for Zach Collins was the big move that they were going to do uh, or is the big move because – you know, they have their they have their first round picks for for the next few years, but they you know, they don't have a lot of other extra picks that they can use to maybe make a deal happen. And I I I I have a hard time seeing Portland giving up some of their own future picks to move things, but they may have to to move some some contracts. But so I I, I wouldn't consider those big moves. I think those are moves that are just going to be made by bookkeeping and accounting that they have to do to, to make sure that they reach the salary that they're comfortable paying. And they may need to move some, some first-round picks because it seems like that's what teams want to take on contracts. Teams are asking for two first-round picks to take on Ryan Anderson's contract from the Houston Rockets, which is much bigger than – Myers Leonard's contract with the Blazers or and it's around the same ballpark as the Evan Turner contract I believe and the uh, the, the Allen Crabb contract so all prices related to certain players are not equal either so we could see some action I just don't the I there I think there was hope before the before the the draft that there could be a big move for a more impactful veteran player to join the Blazers because before the draft picks are picks they're not players and and that's always more attractive for a team when you have the potential of what that pick could be It's, it's it's easier to sell to a fan base as well when no one knows who that player is so I think Portland's done with big moves. I wrote about that for real GM and then they go and have another one of those small moves. As soon as I write that, which was not unexpected, but it it was, it was, it was part of a major day on Wednesday in the NBA. Chris Paul, got traded to the Houston Rockets, by the way. And I I think this is a theme for this free agency period for Portland is that what is happening around them is going to dictate how they project because the Blazers only have the taxpayer mid-level exception around $5 million available to them to sign a free agent. And there's not going to be that many guys in Portland's price range, but free agency is going to be important to dictate where Portland falls in the pecking order because the, the West could be a completely, completely different ball ballgame. Uh, Tim Quarterman was traded, that small move I was talking about, Tim Quarterman was traded to the Houston Rockets for cash considerations, the Blazers Twitter account, very hilariously introducing cash considerations to the Blazers. Quarterman was not part of the Chris Paul deal that sent him to the Rockets that trade was for Patrick Beverly, Montrez Harrell, Sam Decker, Portland native Kyle Wiltshire and Darren Hillard, and DeAndre Liggins, as well as a top three protected first-round pick to the Clippers for Chris Paul. So either they have uh, a nice cast of characters there to have a team built around Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan, or they are going to be rebuilding and maybe the Clippers are going to come to Seattle. <laughs> that is, is kind of where the Clippers could land because Blake Griffin, by the way, is also a free agent. And the Clippers were the number four seed last year in the Western Conference. And Blake may not be there. He may leave. He is expected to meet with the Phoenix Suns on Saturday. If If he goes to Phoenix, does that make them a potential playoff team? Perhaps. J.J. Redick also on the move for the Clippers, a major part of that Clippers core. He is expected to not come back to the Clippers, but he apparently will still keep them in mind. Brooklyn reportedly a serious contender for J.J. Redick's services. Redick has a house in Brooklyn, so uh, they may be trying to play up that, that local angle. For him with the Brooklyn Nets as the Nets also kind of an interesting player they got a lot of cap space they don't have any incentive to tank or lose games because their draft pick next season goes to the Boston Celtics and 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 they got D'Angelo Russell they got Jeremy Lin they just traded Brooke Lopez but they they're they're getting it they have a new center in in Jared Allen from Texas and they could be a, a kind of a fun bad team, and also a player in free agency, as evidenced by the the, the rumors, which would be really interesting. And again, is is important for Portland because if Portland wants to get out of that eight seed that they were in last year, and also avoid the The Warriors' side of the bracket in the first round, or, or even the second round. Well, the second round is going to be tough now that that Houston is the team that they are, uh, with with, with James Harden and Chris Paul, which is just amazing. And I think that's going to work perfectly. By the way, I know that both are ball dominant players, but Chris Paul, when, when you when you are a genius of the level of Chris Paul and James Harden on the basketball court. I think it's going to work. Those guys, they may be annoying to watch at times with the way that they manipulate the game, but the way that they manipulate the game gives me reason to believe that they're going to work it out just fine because they are both in the top point zero 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 one percent of the smartest basketball players in the world. So, uh, not only in terms of talent, they are extremely talented, but I don't think anybody... Other than LeBron James really manipulates the, and probably Draymond Green manipulates the game on the same way that Harden and Chris Paul do, uh, with just the way that they use their teammates, know the referees, and 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 manipulate space. I just think that they're all they are geniuses. So I think Houston will work out, but as I mentioned, with Griffin and Redick potentially leaving the Clippers as well as Chris Paul. This is a big deal for Portland, and it, it look, it's looking right now, even if Griffin goes back to the, the Clippers, I think the, the four through eight in the Western Conference is wide open because another team that was in that range this season, the Utah Jazz, could lose their best player in free agency. Gordon Hayward opted out of his contract officially yesterday to become a free agent. And two of the big suitors for him are big free agent uh, destinations. Miami will meet with Gordon Hayward first. And the the Heat were uh, a really surprising team, a team that I I think attracted a lot of eyes and, and, and had people thinking, you know, what are they doing over there? Because before the season started, they signed a bunch of guys that no one that were mostly just bit guys at other places other than Goran Dragic and, but you know they had Dion Waiters and James Johnson and 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 all these guys and uh, they had a Rodney Magruder I think he was an undrafted rookie on their team getting a ton of minutes and they were terrible at the start of the season and had the best record almost I think it was like it was the second or third best record. In, after January, after the new year, to finish the season. They didn't make the playoffs, but I think that attracted a lot of eyes, and Eric Spolstra is known now, I think, as easily a top three coach, uh, if not top two. Uh, he, he is he is very well regarded, and, and Gordon Hayward uh, is a free agent, and, and, and that could be a real destination for him. I think that he's pretty much exactly what the Heat need, Uh, A guy that can play three, four, big wing can create, can score. James Johnson did a lot for them last year in that spot. And Gordon Hayward's way, way, way better than James Johnson. And George Hill, also a free agent for the Utah Jazz this free agency period. Lots of rumors about him. Apparently the Knicks like him as a guy that they could give way too much money to. And you also have the San Antonio Spurs, who I think we all normally consider or should consider a top two or three team. I was was a little down on San Antonio's prospects after losing Tim Duncan, and I was wrong. But they are also making some moves. They have LaMarcus Aldridge and Danny Green on the trade block. They're trying to make a move to make their team better around Kawhi Leonard. Pau Gasol opted out of his contract but uh is planning on trying to be back with the team so he's willing to take a discount to come back but they are looking to make some other moves in San Antonio which could affect them. I think I still think that they are going to be one of the top 2-3 teams in the West but this free agency period is big and this really could affect the Blazers. Not just San Antonio, but all these teams in the West that have major moves coming. Another team I did not even mention in this rundown of news, the Memphis Grizzlies, they signed their two biggest guys to big free agent contracts in the last two summers, but Jamichael Green, a big part of their future now, is a free agent. Zach Randolph, a big part of their past, and uh, a big part of their bench, a free agent. And Tony Allen, another player who is... Uh, Very much a part of the Memphis Grizzlies identity, also a free agent. And then, of course, you also have the Oklahoma City Thunder, who people are looking at as an interesting team because should Westbrook not agree to an extension this summer, uh, there are a lot of folks looking at the Thunder as as a potential team that could move Russell Westbrook because... That is usually how Oklahoma City does business. If if they're not going to sign you long term, just look at the James Harden trade. And, and they're not going to keep you around. They're gonna they're gonna move you because they're not in a position of power, uh, being the market that they are, and 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 also just th- that's how they they're very calculated at times. So you you have the Russell Westbrook situation as well, and the biggest bit of news that came out yesterday. Uh, from Shams Terrania of The Vertical about Andre Iguodala and the Golden State Warriors. Andre Iguodala's a free agent, and earlier this week, Chris Haynes reported that teams were looking at trying to end the Warriors' reign by just taking their players away instead of trying to emulate the Warriors, just take the guys that are actually on the Warriors off the Warriors. That... Notion uh, that that Golden State could be weakened was strengthened by Thursday's report from Shams Terrania that paying the luxury tax to pay Iguodala is not an attractive proposition to Warriors owner Joe Lacob. And Iguodala is going to take meetings and teams are going to offer him some big, big money. And people were looking at the the luxury tax and... and the situation for the Warriors moving forward and they were going to have to pay almost a billion dollars for their roster when you throw in salary, luxury tax, and all that stuff and it reaches a point where it becomes prohibitive even for a man as rich as Joe Lacob, especially, excuse me, for a man as, as rich as Joe Lacob. I mean, is it a shock that you know an, an absurdly rich man wants doesn't want taxes on his luxury? No, it, it, it's not. And the payments are just going to continue, keep escalating. And even though uh, Kevin Durant was, is willing to take a discount, it, it remains to be seen whether Iguodala is willing to take a, a, a big discount. You have Steph Curry, who also is due a contract uh, this summer and, and will get it and he's going to get it at whatever number he wants so you add these contracts I mean it's like, you know supermax 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 and it becomes too much so we'll see what 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 happens but the golden state empire could be weakened after uh just one season with the hamptons five if another team is able to sign Andre Iguodala so and, and there are multiple teams that are interested in looking at Iguodala to bring in as a guy, a veteran example, to to, to lead their team. So really interesting stuff going on in NBA free agency that has an effect on the Portland Trailblazers, but uh, probably isn't going to involve the Portland Trailblazers themselves. But there are some potential moves on the periphery, I think that Portland could do, and and that they may do. I just I I'm not seeing the acquisition of a big time veteran player, a starter, someone who's going to come in and on the first day of training camp we know he's going to be part of the starting lineup or the rotation or or what have you. I I really think that the rest of the moves Portland has left to make are going to be a little bit smaller. Uh, just little moves because uh, I think with the draft gone now and, and the no camp space and all the things that poor, all the machinations Portland have to go through to go through a sign and trade, all that stuff, I think it's just too complicated for Portland to make a big move. Well, not too complicated. I just, I just think that they're not in a place where doing that's going to help them or that they're going to be interested in that because – it, it, it seems like they want, they're they into trying to develop again. They, they have not talked about uh, the luxury tax or financials being an issue, but we'll see what happens. But we do have other potential moves that they could execute on or in free agency. Excuse me. However, free agency is here, but... There is plenty of sporty events and concerts to go to in the Portland area. If you're in the Northwest, if you're on the West Coast, uh, it's time for that. Baseball games, soccer games, and if you want tickets for that, maybe you're going to Las Vegas Summer League in a couple of weeks to watch the Blazers Summer League squad. And if you want to do that, I think the best way to get tickets for all your favorite sporting events or concerts is SeatGeek. It's always been hard to find the best deal for that game or show you want to go to. And none of those older ticket sites want to change that, but SeatGeek is different. They've come along and created an amazing app for sports and music fans to buy and sell their tickets, making it easier than ever. I use SeatGeek. I have the app on my phone. Whenever I'm going to a concert or a game with my buddies or my girlfriend, I'm looking on SeatGeek. They have great price comparisons for you. They... Order the deals from 1 to 100 with their deal score, with 1 being the best deals and 100 being the worst. They do all the work while you save time and money. Extremely convenient. And they find you all the best deals that fit your budget with price alerts. They alert you when tickets are on sale. It's, it's the best app for buying and selling tickets. But the best thing about SeatGeek is that all of my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. And to get that $20 rebate on tickets, download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab and click add a promo code and enter promo code LOBLAZERS and SeatGeek will send you $20 after you made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LOBLAZERS today. There are a lot of great things about the uh, Locked On Podcast Network. One of them is uh, who we partner with and it's fun to partner with these guys because I'm friends with them as well. And they also make some of the best basketball content out there in the basketball internet, basketball podcastosphere. The dunked on basketball podcast is, is, is a partner with the locked on podcast network dunked on basketball podcast, of course, hosted by Nate Duncan and Danny LaRue, who also hosts the Twitter NBA show. Great content, great knowledge, they know the CBA better than than anybody, they scout, they know the league really well, they know all the players, and one of the coolest things that the Dunked On Basketball podcast has done over the years is the mock off-season, which they just did with Dan Feldman from NBC's Pro Basketball Talk and Kevin Pelton of ESPN. They come together they do mock negotiations and they come up with actual prices to kind of mirror what uh, guys are going to be valued at in the upcoming offseason i think it's a really excellent thing to have as basketball fans and also for us as a network we is a great tool for us uh, in our local markets to look at guys that may be in the price range of, of where uh, the respective teams have cap space and, and all that. And Portland, as I mentioned, they only have the taxpayer mid-level exception available to them in free agency, which is valued at $5.19 million. Another great resource, by the way, uh, from the host of Locked On Knicks and basketball writer as well, Jared Dubin, put together a uh, really cool 62-page free agency guide that you can get at his Patreon. Uh, that's Jared Dubin. You can follow him at JA dubin 5 on Twitter. Uh, and he's the host of Locked On Knicks. But he has a great guide as well for free agency. A written guide that you can buy for a dollar. So uh, be on the lookout for that as well. But I mentioned the Locked On or the Dunked On offseason because they have priced some players for us so we can discuss some of the guys that Portland could target with that taxpayer mid-level exception. But before we get to that, there are other potential moves that Portland could make in the offseason that I think would register as, as small moves. They already traded Tim Quarterman to the Houston Rockets for cash considerations. They also made another move for their summer league squad. They signed R.J. Hunter who was with the Boston Celtics and the Chicago Bulls, washed out at both of those stops, but they are bringing him in to the summer league squad. They're actually going to have him run point. Uh he's a he, he came into the league as a shooting guard. It appears maybe he's trying to uh revamp his game and 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 try and do something a little different to get back into the league. Maybe he uses his his bigger size as a point guard and maybe that makes him a more uh, attractive player and We'll get to see what he does in the Las Vegas Summer League for Portland. He will be the point guard for the Trailblazers Summer League team. Jason Quick reported that a couple of days ago. So, RJ Hunter will be on the Summer League squad with Zach Collins and Caleb Swanigan. And, of course, a couple returning Summer League guys for the Blazers. Jake Lehman and Pat Connaughton will also be there for Portland. Connaughton... uh, playing for a spot I I think it's fair to say he is the only guy left on Portland's roster with a non-guaranteed deal coming in at 1.3 million non-guaranteed for next season so he'll be looking to make a nice showing of it if not even for the Blazers but potentially for another squad to take a look at him if Portland decides not to keep him or Uh, decides to trade him Um, that's uh, definitely another possibility with Pat Connaughton is that he is traded but as of now he's on the summer league squad and Jake Lehman as well who has a guaranteed deal for next season and I think figures to be a, a big part of the offense for the summer league squad like Connaughton was last year Layman during those uh, last few games when the Blazers had clinched the playoffs and and were resting their guys, Layman had a couple of uh, high volume shooting games where he was getting up a ton of attempts, and I, I expect that to be the case in Summer Lake because. Uh, it, it, that's what it's for. It's for it's for these younger perimeter players to get more run. I think we'll get to see Collins defensively. We'll get to see Swanigan work a little bit. It'll be really interesting to watch Portland's Summer League team. But as I mentioned, those are the moves or those are the guys that are on the Summer League team. They traded Quarterman, Conanton, non-guaranteed, could be on the move. A couple other guys that could be on the move for Portland given the, the moves of the last couple of weeks. Since they went to the front court, I think Ed Davis with one year left at $6.3 million is a major candidate to be moved before the season starts or before the trade deadline next February. Centers are a little bit difficult to move these days, however, the fact that Davis uh is a little bit quicker than most centers, can play as a smaller center. He does get pushed around sometimes against bigger guys, but uh, that might make him an attractive player for a, a team to to bring in. I, I, I think that Davis, if he comes back and shows that he's healthy after coming back from the shoulder surgery, uh, I think Ed Davis, whether it happens now or it happens later on in the year when teams see that he is back to full strength. I I, I really think that Ed Davis could be an attractive uh, player for a lot of teams because he has a skill. It is of value, his rebounding, offensive rebounding. He may never finish the same way he finished last year with the Blazers where he shot like 60%, which was uh, the best he's he's ever done in his career. That might never happen again, but if he can get you some extra possessions off the bench and – Finish at a decent rate, even if it's not the sixty percent or whatever he shot the year before. Then I think he's a, a good player to have, especially if you're trying to compete. So, or perhaps if you're a young team and you just want to have a, a veteran who who's a professional. Uh, I, I think Ed Davis is an attractive trade piece, and I think is one of the more likely guys for Portland to try and move because. I think he, he's really good, he's really solid, but it just seems like the investment from the franchise just is not going to be there when they're talking about the next 10 to 15 years of Zach Collins, they're talking about Caleb Swanigan being there a long time, they're talking about Yusuf Nurkic uh, being a building block for the franchise moving forward as well. If there's just not enough minutes, and I don't think that Portland's going to want to give Ed a, a ton of time at the four either because... He, him, and Nurkish, they have never played together before, and I just think the spacing would be way too crammed. But, but we'll see. I, but I think Davis is is a major candidate to get moved with only one year left at six point three million dollars and uh, a skill that a skill and a proven track record that he can bring to a team because I think he's a much more attractive trade option for a team than say Noah Vonley. Vonley uh has had a, a really uh, up and down tenure as uh, a, a young player for the Blazers, he had his best, you know, four weeks, six weeks of play after the Yusuf Nurkic trade. I think he and Nurkic really meshed together extremely well. ley had by far his best stretch of play as a pro with the Blazers in that stretch, but overall, before that, his numbers have not been good. His finishing had not been what you would like around the basket and it it seems like he's he's had trouble finding his way it last year it seemed like he really finally committed to uh not trying to be this multi-dimensional playmaker draymond green type four i think he really committed to setting screens rolling hard and dunking the basketball when it was thrown to him and and not being hesitant when he had his shot and, and I think just being able to play that role really gave him new life, but I, I, I'm not sure that that's going to be that attractive to teams. He has one year left at $3.5 million. He's only 22 years old, but he is going to be a restricted free agent, and that could mean that he's due for a payday, especially if he plays well. So if you're trading for him as a team, you're thinking that you're going to commit to him and... I also would think that it's probably hard for a team that hasn't had him in their camp for a while to want to commit to him. And I think his up-and-down track record, his inconsistent play over the course of his career, I know that there's been injuries involved in that. I know that there's been uh, a a lot of circumstances involved, but ultimately his his career to this point has been inconsistent. And so I think that's why it's probably going to be a hard... I, I I think it's more likely that Davis gets moved than Vonlay gets moved. And on the flip side of that, probably what Portland could get for Vonlay would not match, definitely does not match what they gave up to get him, which was Nicholas Batum, and he being the crown jewel of that trade, even though Portland went with some bigs in this draft, I think that they in terms of what they gave up, probably still don't want to punt quite yet on, on Noah Vonley. But at the same time, it looks like they're going in a new direction. So Vonley could be on the block, and maybe he's an attractive candidate for teams based off of how he played down the stretch of last season. Not only did he have good minutes with Nurkic, he had good minutes as a small ball five with with bench units. So maybe that's attractive to teams, but I could definitely see Noah Vonley being moved just because they already have, to me, it looks like they have a pretty solid rotation of bigs if you include Aminu in there and Harkless. You know, you got two small ball fours there and Aminu and Harkless. Then you have Nurkic, Collins, Swannigan, Myers-Leonard. There's so many guys in the way there uh, at the big man spots that I, I I think Vonley also being at that low of a number is, 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 a, is a candidate to be moved. Uh, just because I think it would be easier to move him than say Myers Leonard, who has three more years on his contract, and I think it would cost some assets to move that. And it, I'm, we'll see. I, 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 I'm not convinced Portland wants to is is leaning that direction yet, or is feeling the heat to to have to move that contract yet, and and give up picks to do it. Festus Azili, another guy that could be moved. His contract states that he is going to get paid $7 million, but only $6 million of that or only $1 million of that is guaranteed. So you can use that contract in a trade with another team to match salaries, and then that team that gets Festus Azili's contract can then waive him or not pick up the option, whatever uh, terminology they use in the contract, and then they wipe $6 million off of their book. So Portland also has that option right now and i think they're going to hold on to azili for a while just to see if they can use that contract in a trade so that that's something that they could use i i could be wrong uh, that that the big trade is, that the big trade isn't coming but festus azili is i think one of those factors that could factor into a big trade because of the non-guarantee in his deal for 6 million dollars of that 7 million and that $7 million can help you get to a trade with a, a bigger salary player if you need. And one other note on the trade front, Alan Crabb is under contract for three more years. But when he signed his deal with the Brooklyn Nets last year and the Blazers matched it, one of the things that went into effect is that when your contract gets matched, you have a no-trade clause built into your contract for a year according to the collective bargaining agreement. so on July 15th when the trade veto is over then crab no longer has the power to veto any deal. I don't necessarily think that that has stopped any crab deals but it is just a, a a fact that in the past year crab has had the ability to crab and his people, his representation agents have had the ability to veto any trades until July 15th. So once July 15th comes around, Crab no longer has that power and Portland is free to move him however they please. However, there's a lot other thing a lot of other things that are probably stopping that, like his trade kicker that will make him uh, even more money if he gets traded from the Blazers. As I mentioned about the Dunked On mock off season. We have some uh, a list of guys, a short list of guys that Portland could potentially get in their price range according to their mock negotiations. So we're going to start with a guy that actually I've been thinking about for a couple of weeks now, pretty much since the draft, or a couple of days, I suppose. It's been about eight days since the draft. Uh, A reclamation project on the wing, I, I think, would be really interesting for Portland to pursue. A guy that I'm looking at uh, who is in Portland's price range according to the dunked on mock offseason is a guy like Ben McLemore. Portland doesn't have a lot of minutes for their wings, but let's say they find a taker for somebody else uh, that's currently there. Uh, I, I think a guy like Ben McLemore would be a really interesting fit and, and a guy that, that could come in to Portland and, and, and do something. But again, there there's already a glut of wings. There's not a lot of playing time, but if Portland wants to get better, I I, I think that there are options there. And and a guy like Macklemore who came into the league with a lot of talent and went to Sacramento, which I don't even have to explain it is just a nightmare. That, that would be a really interesting guy to bring in to put in Terry Stotts offense to, to give more of an opportunity to do things with the ball in his hands and and try and create, I think would be really cool. But uh, part of the problem with that is again, yeah, Crab, you got Turner, you got Harkless, you got Aminu. You have a lot of guys that that already need minutes on the wing and uh they may not go that route, but I think if if they're able to move one of those guys and and they need wing help and and someone to I think Macklemore would be a really interesting acquisition. Uh, the dunked-on guys had him taking a qualifying offer at $4.2 million, but he's going to become an unrestricted free agent. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think McLemore would be an interesting choice, but I think the thing with him would be is I doubt that his people would uh, want him to come to a team like the Blazers where there's a lot of wings already in the pecking order, and he's not going to really get that chance to showcase himself a la... Dion Waiters last year with the Miami Heat, who took a significant discount to go to Miami for a one-year rental because he ha- was going to have an opportunity to be a more featured star, and then that leads to this free agency where Waiters is expected to get uh, a really nice longer-term deal, so uh, Macklemore uh, could be a candidate for a Dion Waiters type of moment, but... Uh, And I think he would be in Portland's price range, but I I, I think it it would be hard to convince him to come. But it is an option for Portland. Uh, Another guy that could potentially be in Portland's price range, according to the dunked on guys, that I think fills a need for Portland really well, in fact, is Tony Allen from the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, The dunked on guys have him getting a three-year deal worth $13 million total. So just over $4 million a year. So that would be part of the taxpayer mid-level exception. Should Portland offer that to Tony Allen, I think that would be a really cool addition to the Blazers. Give them a little bit of that dog that they need. And I I think they're they're getting more of that with, with Zach Collins. And I think Nurkic has that dog in him. But, not even just from an attitude standpoint they need a dog on the defensive end because i think i think Dame and cj they they have that dog in them but they they're not always having they don't always ha- they don't have that dog in them on the defensive end that's just I, that's how it is right now and tony allen would be awesome to put on the floor for the blazers and just go after guys and defend and bring a little bit of that attitude to this team i think more than anything not even for just the on-court day-to-day 82 game schedule contribution that Tony Allen could give it'd be really cool to have a guy like Tony Allen on the Blazers as a defensive specialist and he's in their price range so uh Tony Allen would be a, a real interesting guy to look at maybe maybe Portland is part of that market David Aldridge just reported uh, a couple of days ago that Tony Allen is expected to sign early there's no indication whether Portland is one of those teams but just based off of uh the mock offseason with the dunked on guys who know the market and know the league better than anybody. uh, I I, I think that's a real interesting addition for Portland because at this age, Tony Allen also isn't going to be playing every night. He's going to need rest. He can't be on the floor every night. And Portland really can't accommodate someone that wants minutes every night on the wing. And so a guy like Tony Allen would be a really interesting guy to bring in. I think at that spot, considering where he's at in his career and what his specialty is as something that could really mesh well with the trailblazers. So I, I, I really like the idea of Tony Allen. So the dunk on guys haven't met three years, $13 million. And that is well within Portland's price range. So if that is indeed what the market is, uh, I think, it would be really cool if Portland could could get into that market and get into a meeting with Tony Allen, because I think he really does bring something that they don't really have. And it's also been a little bit since Portland has really had uh kind of an old head veteran player. I, I know Dame has really assumed the mantle of of the leader of the Blazers, but uh, Ed Davis was kind of the old head on last year's team. Came in the year before, and then you know they've had Earl Watson before, Ronnie Price and Darrell Wright, guys like that. And I think it, it'd be a real interesting thing, especially being that the Blazers are such a young team, uh, one of the youngest in the NBA, to get a guy like Tony Allen, who's really been through a lot of battles. And 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 I I really like uh, the idea of Tony Allen on the Blazers. Another guy that is n- just outside of portland's price range but maybe if you attack on another year could be in in portland's price range is former blazer gerald henderson uh henderson according to the dunk down guys is going to get a one-year six million dollar deal maybe that's what he wants but uh, i i think henderson would be a really interesting guy to have on i thought he was a real nice addition to the blazers two years ago he brought just uh some some vet some vetness to him knowing how to push guys, you know, knowing how to kind of bend the rules his way during a game, and also just the professionalism, the attitude, and the defense. You know, he really was a defense-first type of guy. He would come in and take his Kobe shots and all that stuff that he does, but he really brought a nice little defensive wrinkle to the Blazers and uh, a great deal of athleticism as well on the wing. And with his strength, he could also play a little bit of small ball power forward. Uh, Henderson, uh, I think, is a, a another possibility there if if they want to bring him back. And he already worked really well with 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 Lillard last year, and the rest of the team. Obviously, uh, with Evan Turner there, there's not as many minutes on the wing, and Henderson is quite a bit younger than Tony Allen, so. Uh, I think that's another situation kind of like Macklemore where he would probably want to go somewhere where he has a little bit more guaranteed playing time. Another guy in Portland's price range that I'm not really sure Portland's going to be that interested in because I don't necessarily think it fits what they need is Omri Caspi. Uh, He's a shooter, small ball four type of guy. I don't think they really need just an offense first guy, a guy that's pretty much just offense in Caspi. Uh, I, I, it's it's an interesting idea especially maybe if 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 certain things change with the roster if they're able to move certain players maybe they get some of that big man four man glut taken care of by moving some guys then maybe i'm interested in that uh but i i i think uh even though he's in the price range of portland for i don't think he really fits what portland needs from that addition by using the taxpayer mid-level exception and then another guy that we're going to end on the last guy that is in Portland's price range that I think would fill a need would be that would be an interesting look is Justin Holiday, Drew Holiday's brother, uh who was on the Golden State Warriors a couple years ago and was actually in the Blazers system before that, playing for the Idaho Stampede long time ago. So Portland knows Justin Holiday well. The dunked on guys have him getting a two-year deal worth four million dollars. So that's basically just a fraction of the taxpayer mid-level exception. So Justin and 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 Holiday plays wing position, uh he's got a lot of length, uh would be an interesting guy at that spot. And 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 it could be a project for the Blazers, but that would be again it, he I don't think would come into the to the fold with guaranteed playing time. I think that would be more of a he would just be more of a, a an emergency wing type of player, but maybe he he, he gets another chance and, and expands a role. But just looking at that, I think he's a guy that wouldn't be expected to play every night, but would be a good insurance policy should Crab or Turner or any of the other wings get hurt because he's been on good teams and been in good systems. So uh, I hope you enjoy the hope you enjoyed this pre free agency edition of the Locked on Blazers podcast. This is going to do it for us. We will have updates for you throughout free agency if the Blazers make a move, when they make a move. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you can get a podcast, Locked on Blazers. Leave us a five-star review. We will be back with you as soon as the Blazers make a move. And if they don't make one over the weekend, we'll be back with you next week. Have a great holiday weekend. Stay safe. Enjoy the outside. Enjoy everything. And enjoy free agency and the fireworks that are to come.